Opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I am your host, Anthony Corona. I use the pronouns he and him. And I am a, what's described as a devastatingly handsome Italian-American with um, dark hair, with a little bit of salt in my pepper, um, more salt than I'd like to admit at the moment. And even though AI likes to say that I am a man in my early 50s, I am still in my mid-40s <laughs> for a little bit longer. Um, and the reason I am talking this way today is because later on in the show, we're going to be talking about taking photos using the Be My AI function and other visual interpretation services. Um, and we'll be finding out about Janine Stanley's Hawaiian vacation and what it's like traveling with a guide dog now versus years ago when it was much more difficult. And I'm sure she'll have some other fascinating stuff to talk with us about. Uh, the first half of the show, we'll be talking with Cecily Nipper, um, who's been on Sunday Edition many times before. But we're going to catch up with her, see how things are going as um, new as a new board member and see what's happening in the state of Florida. Um, but another reason that I gave my description is because I wanted to shout out this week's Pride Connection, um, which will be changing over on Tuesday to a new episode. Bryn, what is Pride Connection telling us about this week? Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Sunday edition. So uh, Pride Connection this week is going to be about <clears throat> our favorite LGBTQ podcasts. Um, we're going to be discussing all kinds of podcasts um, ranging from, uh, you know, interviews with LGBTQ uh, members, uh, you know, their their stories, their coming out stories, uh, the transitions, um, you know, just all of the, the humor and seriousness that comes with being part of the LGBTQ community. Um, we also have the, actually that one is going to be in two weeks. The one coming up this week is the first they came for, uh, presentation. Yes. yes. And that is about LGBTQ, uh, legislation, particularly anti LGBTQ legislation across the country and how it has affected us. <laughs> So that is coming up on Pride Connection. I'd like to remind you that today is the deadline to vote for a volunteer of the month. Um, if you would like to if you would like to recognize someone that is a great volunteer, whether they be a host, a room opener, a connector in clubhouse, a streamer. Um, in fact, this is a great time to introduce Lucy, who is connecting our clubhouse today. Lucy, where can they send that email to if they would like to recognize a volunteer? 
Okay. Send an email to acbcommunity.committee at gmail.com. And you have until 11.59 p.m. Eastern tonight. Thanks, Anthony. As much as we'd love for you to vote for Lucy or Sheila, who is hosting for us today, they're not eligible until the new year because you can only be not you can only be recognized once throughout the year. But um, send those votes in, folks. All right. A couple of other announcements before we get into the meat of today's show. Um, I'm a busy beaver this week and very happy about it. On Wednesday, the Sunday edition book club will be meeting at 9 p.m. to talk about a swiftly tilting planet. And on Friday, Tim Cummings and I are back with Behind the Music, Your Song, Your Story. And it's an opportunity to share one of your karaoke songs or an original piece with a little bit more time to tell the story behind the piece. Maybe you were singing it to a loved one or you're evoking a memory or it's an original piece and you like to tell us the story behind the song. Um, You have until Friday at 5 p.m. to send your your songs into Sunday edition ac at gmail.com to be part of the set list and we are going an hour and a half this coming friday because we had so many people for our first episode we realized we need a little more time so hopefully you will all join us on that um crew sheila lucy Bryn, any announcements that um i'm forgetting that we should highlight so on the fun zone today we're doing star trek day because uh star trek um was first televised uh, uh, on September 8th. And uh, I know that we're past that. uh, But 1963, the same... Oh my gosh, it was so so good. Um, Anyway, all the Star Trek stuff is out. There's uh, new Lower Decks episodes on uh, Paramount Plus. And um, I'm really excited about that. So we're going to be doing Star Trek episodes or Star Trek humor on the fun zone today. And that first Star Trek episode had a different captain, didn't it? If I remember correctly. Well, the very first one, yeah, there was a pilot that was actually uh, rejected and it had Captain Christopher Pike as the captain. Uh, Can't remember who played Captain Pike, um, but they redid the episode and they changed it up a little bit, got new cast members, including a new captain. um, And that was William Shatner as Captain Kirk. Wow. Yep. Well, let's And I have done. an announcement when you guys are done. I don't know if it's the same one. I was going to say happy grandparents day to you. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> Great minds happy, think alike. <laughs> absolutely. Happy grandparents day, Sheila. I know you are a proud grandma. I am. I've got a granddaughter who is 20, who is the in her junior year at the University of Alabama roll tight even though they lost last night (laughs) and i have a seven and a half year old grandson and a three-year-old granddaughter god has blessed you that is Mm -hmm. wonderful Mm -hmm. all right well let's say hello to someone who's not quite a grandma yet but um we are hoping that one day she will be a very happy grandma (laughs) cecily 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 welcome back to sunday edition thank you it's so great to be here Oh my God, I forgot one announcement, but um, actually you can talk a little bit about it. Do you want to tell the folks who this month's member at the month is and why they should go listen to her offering? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you're talking about the one that just came out, right? I am. Yes. So this past Tuesday night, an episode of Member on the Mic was released for 
Georgia's own Jamaica Miller. She is a proud community member, attends community calls. She's been an important part of the, Amer of the Georgia Council of the Blind since before I got there and has been a member uh, for, oh, for many years. And she's talking about herself and her journey and about her nonprofit. And Anthony did just a great job interviewing her. Um, you don't get to hear him though, just the answers. So because of, <laughs> because of Tim's clever editing. So just go on to ACB Voices blog and take a, check out member on the mic. Maybe someone can give a more exact address where that is located, but that's the closest. I, I just Googled uh, ACB Voices and went from there. It is acbvoices.org. Um, and you can hit the hashtag member at the mic and the first one that'll show up will be Jamaica. Look for scholarship in spotlight later at the month where we will start recognizing our scholarship winners. Uh, we already recorded the first one, and it was fabulous. You go, if you are a fan of Member at the Mic, you'll love Scholarship and Spotlight. And if you haven't checked out Member at the Mic yet, um, Sheila has been one, Lucy has been one, and there are some amazing offerings. Tim has been one, Miss Ruth. There are some great Members at the Mic um, offerings up there. But let's let's talk to you, Cecily. How you been? I am great. Busy as ever. <laughs> So let's let's go back a little bit. Um, you know, for those who would like to get to know Cecily, you can look for an episode that we did about a year and a half ago that told you know her origin story. Um, but you know, at the time, oh, origin you had... story makes me sound like a comic book character. <laughs> Ooh, would you be a would you be a hero or a villain? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but yes, you can check out her origin story. But the last time we spoke. In depth, um, you had run for the board and the seat went to someone else. You had very politely declined another run, um, which I loved your reasoning. We spoke about it on the last Sunday edition. But a year later, there was another opportunity and you stepped up. And so tell us about your first couple of months and um, what it meant to be renominated this this current year. I, you know, thank you, Sheila. Um, I was excited about the possibility i always said if the chance came around again that yes i would absolutely run had someone lined up to nominate me and that fell through through and sheila came through in a pinch because it was kind of an unexpected situation when my board seat didn't come about except because jeff bishop left a vacancy which didn't come about except he got elected to the BOP, which came about because Katie was not the chair of the BOP. <laughs> so it was kind of a long, convoluted uh, lesson in ACV politics there. But my first couple of months on the board have been great. I have felt a warm welcome. Won't officially get a chance to sit down with folks on the board uh, until this coming September 28th weekend when we have the fall board meeting which i believe is actually on the 30th 29th and 30th uh, with the 30th being the main meeting so i'm looking forward to but i have had conversations with some on the phone and chances to, to get to know and i had my first board meeting back in august where we had to make a very difficult decision as a board and there had been some 
conversation among us prior to that decision. And I'm trying to take my cues from those on the board that I really respect and, and learn during this first year to make sure that I conduct myself in a way that would be appropriate. But it's been a great first couple of months. So let's let's refresh of the listeners. What are some of the things that you'd like to work on specifically as a board member? Sure. So I know membership is a popular thing to bring out, but it's not just a talking point for me. And not saying it is for anyone. It's important to all of us, but especially to build back our base. I know with my chapter, I am just now reaching and getting back some of the people who maybe were our longtime members. And then over COVID, they didn't join the virtual calls, couldn't, didn't wish to. They're just now coming back to our meetings and and joining us again, some of them virtually and some of them in person. Some have unfortunately passed away. So it's a matter of building that membership base. And that's why I, as I've heard other board members say this as well, I welcome anyone to call me. My number is out there because I want to talk to members. That's what we must do. We're a membership organization and that has to be our focus. I won't say if we've gotten a little off track of that, I think it's something we can always work on because, you know, the forest for the trees, right? Well, we are the trees. We are all of us as members are the trees. And without us standing tall, there will be no forest. So housekeeping for a minute, Sheila, I'm sorry. I forgot to run that video. We'll run it between Cecily and the second hour. Um, You know, one thing I definitely wanted to hear your opinion on Cecily is there's been a lot of conversation about the affiliate structure within ACB and the role of state and special interest affiliates, voting. Um, of course, I'm a, a huge champion for every member gets their vote. And over the last few years, we have all been able to vote um, as a as a president of a state affiliate you know, where do you fall in that conversation? And do you believe that it's time to look at the, you know, look at the structure and maybe streamline? Um, do we need more support from national or do we need more support from the membership base up? Where do, where do you fall in that discussion? Mm, those are some great questions. I guess as a president of an affiliate, I would say since we were all given the right to vote on ACB matters, I would like to see a situation where a larger percentage of my GCB members and all members take advantage of that opportunity because we do have it right now. And as with all things, if you don't lose it, you lose it sometimes, then there may not always be that opportunity. It is afforded at great cost and we need to take advantage of our right to vote on ACB matters. Um, Georgia has also made it our bylaws to reflect that policy as well, that all members can vote regardless of whether they're virtual attendees or not. And I think that's made us stronger in that it has made people feel more enfranchised, which is important. And it's important that we follow through on our responsibilities. As to the responsibilities of national to us, and speaking as a president in this situation and not as a board member, it's an interesting dichotomy. Mm. Sometimes. 
I don't want to ever see a situation where talked down to or told what to do by the national organization. But something I have seen that I think is very positive is over the last month, I as president have received five referrals from the membership services team and from Cindy Hollis stating that these people are interested in learning more about GCB. They reside in Georgia. They contacted either the community or national and gave permission their information to be shared. So I think those are some of the ways that national can work to build the membership of the affiliates. And as far as it goes to the affiliate vote and that sort of thing, I think we're quite a ways away from knowing what the right thing to do is with some of our processes when it comes to national convention time. I think we're getting a lot closer. I think it was smoother this year than it has been, but there are also fewer things to vote on. Uh, actually, actually, no opportunities other than for the those select few items, no elections. So I think we'll be growing and learning and it may take a couple more years to calibrate some of those things. Absolutely. I, I love hearing that about member services. Um, and I'm hoping that that, you know, morphs into state and special interest affiliates sharing with each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in BPI, we encourage our new members to to seek out um, their local and state chapters and, and, you know, affiliates and find out what may be going on, what may be of interest and and find local, you know, local connections. Um, let me ask you this. As, you know, president of the state that borders Florida, um, you know, a, a southern state, there's been conversation about, you know, our upcoming two conventions. Do you do you weigh in at all in, in that discussion? How do you how do you feel about where the next two conventions are being held? As a person, I want every member who attends a convention to feel safe and to feel heard. And as such, I thought it was an important conversation that the board had recently about yeah. what, what to do about our next couple of conventions. And cost is not the only factor. It certainly was a factor. This is one place where I think we can show our individual feelings by what we choose to do about surrounding those conventions, whether they're attended with opportunities to express opinions to the local area, whether they're attended uh, with with a partner or maybe choose to attend virtually if that seems like a safer option. I know for completely different reasons, there was considerations about it being held near Chicago, although it turned out to be safe and I didn't hear of anything happening, but people hear Chicago and think of, of two ladies yeah. traveling alone you know me and my mom traveling alone and think oh is that the best idea so in any situation i think there can be personal decisions that have to be made surrounding that and you know honestly it cannot be you know understated that the the value of the financial conversation it, you know is a stewardship that we place all of you in by voting you into the board and to take that kind of a hit would put the organization in such a place where, you know, we might be fighting just for our very existence to break that contract. As mm -hmm. a proud Floridian, you know, I empathize and sympathize with any members who say they don't feel safe or they do not wish to attend in a place where others might not feel safe. 
and I absolutely respect and love that, you know, and love those members for their choices. However, I also ask, consider coming and putting your boots on the ground and attending some of the, you know, demonstration-like events that will happen, you know, and use your voice in that manner. Both are very valid options. So sure. um, ultimately speaking, I was glad that the that the organization took that conversation up quickly, um, you know, publicly and let, let it be known the reasons why we really couldn't pull out even if we wanted to. And hopefully, I, I do believe that all of our members are mature enough in their in their understanding of how the organization works to understand that if we if we had made that other choice, we would have been in serious jeopardy as an organization. Yeah. All right, moving right along. Um, I, another topic, another hot button topic. You are one of, if not the youngest affiliate president in history. I'm not sure on on the exact fact, but you are definitely one of the youngest. And that's a that's a place as a as a membership that we find ourselves struggling with. Um, you know, I first came to the organization as a very proud next genner, um, and you know, and still support next generation, of course, but as a supporting member rather than you know being eligible. <laughs> um, so it's harder and harder for me to you know claim that I'm part of that next generation. But why do you think we are struggling with that demographic of membership? And, and what do you see as some positive things we can do to retain those members when they seek us out? And, and you know, especially around convention time and scholarships and things, how do we retain and grow that demographic of membership? Sure. When I look at my peers in ACB, who are maybe closer to my age in that next generation. I see a few different tableaus. It would be different for each individual, of course. Some that have been maybe involved since childhood because of the blind parent or because they're blind themselves. When new people come in, I think there is a structure to welcome them. I do wonder sometimes if our events could be a little more tailored it's almost as if you have to choose a fun affiliate in order to have fun in ACB. And I don't think that should necessarily be the case. I think advocacy work is fun. And I think if people would be willing to give it a try, as long as there was a mentor on hand, I certainly would not be where I am were it not for the mentors that were on hand to help me up to know what, what I was supposed to be doing. And I still call on them to say, okay, this has come up. You know, what, what should we do about this? So I think, the mentoring, the official mentorship programs that are out there at ACB right now are fabulous. We need those. Absolutely. Shout out to Kenneth and everyone else who's uh, in on that effort, because I think that's what will help us to recognize these people of a different generation and get them to become involved and to learn what's going on. And I think there were some steps taken toward that end during the resolution process this year. No one wants to be in an uncomfortable situation of where they don't know what they should do. But an even worse situation is when you don't know what you don't know. So I would yeah. caution in a way, I would caution to try to make sure you're learning from someone, pick someone out. And those of you who are in a position to reach out to the younger members that that come along your way 
And that's where special interest affiliates can come in so handy because there is something truly for everyone in the organization. Agreed. Um, swinging, swinging topics a little bit. Um, I was very pleased and energized by last year's legislative session. Um, you know, there are some things that could have been done differently and hopefully we'll, you know, we're continuing to learn from our efforts. I won't call them mistakes because I think, you know, trying in, in itself is, is, you know, a great thing. Um, some tweaks that we can make, but, you know, the brainstorming sessions, I think were the best thing out of, you know, out of those days. Um, and one of the things that we heard over and over again was friends and family. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and bringing them more into the fold, involving them more and getting more of a public, you know, outreach by using our friends and family. Where do you where do you think we can grow in in that outreach? I'm seeing that with my local chapters. I was just in an event with a chapter yesterday. They invited me to bring family. Once again, uh, another chapter is having a fall event next Saturday. They're having oh bring bring your family it's for everyone you know there's a petting zoo and it's a park and it's going to be great and i think any chance we get to invite our friends and family in you know some of you know danielle mcintyre with children raised around the blind she created that because of her blind mom and it's for other people who have a, a family member in their lives who is blind to come and to learn and i think that's a tremendous outreach for our chapters to have. It can help to invigorate. You know, we have a student in our chapter. He comes, but his mom and his three siblings come too. And that, you know, makes the chapter feel alive, honestly, when they're there. So absolutely, any chance we can to bring the families in. I think ACB students is a prime example of that. At the info desk at convention, when I saw students, I saw some parents hanging around there, too, and some chaperones who had come, uh, especially from the Washington Council of the Blind and the Blind of West Virginia and their council. They had both brought students. So I think it's something we're doing and something we can keep doing. That's awesome. You know, another another great um, thing that ACB has been really investing in is the development team and the strategy plan. Um, did you hear anything that excited you development wise? What are you looking, what are you interested in, in knowing and, and where do you think as a board member, you fall in that piece of the organizational business? That was a topic that I heard come up very recently among the presidents. I think I would like to learn more from the development team about what their specific goals are. I know I have been invited to sit down with them as sort of a, on, on a project that they wanted me to consult with. Not sure what my role is going to be on that yet, but I do think as a president, as we alluded to earlier with fiscal responsibility for the organization that I can certainly pitch in if they can use my gifts. I'm all for helping with the development to get our organization on firm footing and make sure that we can continue into the future strong. Awesome, awesome. Just as a reminder, folks, our development team is Bill, Jolyn, and Colby, and they are fabulously, uh, you know, working towards shoring up all of our programs by finding grant money and programs that we can um, attach ourselves to to be stronger. All right. Um, 
folks, if you would like to ask Cecily a question or you have a comment for Cecily, you can start getting those hands up. One piece of, of your puzzle, Cecily, that we don't um, hear about publicly a lot is your work with ACB Media. Um, fill us in on, on you know, what's some of the fun stuff that you do and you can <laughs> tell us what might become a little harrowing in the, uh, <laughs> you know, lead up couple of days. Talk to us about your ACB Media responsibilities. I love conventions. I love all of your <laughs> state conventions. I love national convention. And I love working on both of those with media when it comes to sitting behind my computer for hours and getting Zoom invitations out for all of these events. Or if it's team meetings with the fabulous Rick Morin and Larry and Joyce and maybe a new name being added to that team soon of our volunteer base that helps put on these events so oh gracious I love ACB media conventions we've done a lot over the years since 2021 when I picked up helping with conventions and I'm the calendar keeper so if you're out there and you're an affiliate president or convention chair and you would like to stream or even just you're having a convention you'd like to have a virtual component of some description and you think there might be a way for us to help you you want to talk about what kind of services acb media will provide free of charge for just either nothing or a donation that comes from your heart it's call me email me we want to talk to you about your convention because a lot of you have done some great things that we can pass along and that's just what i do i talk with affiliates i schedule them in to try to make sure we have the manpower to meet the need October is a big convention month. So for those of you who like to listen to affiliate conventions, register, plan to tune in because there'll be lots both on the stream and those who are having their event private, but you can still be welcome to register. I know conventions love it when there's registrants from out of state who come in and enjoy their programming. So stay tuned. And you get a lot of, you know, it's localized information, of course, when you're listening to it, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we don't, I guess, have the opportunity to do at a national convention. Um, a lot of localized talks and history. Listening to a state convention can be really interesting and fun. Um, so and they'd love for you to come bid on their auction items, too, I'm sure. Uh, heck yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I, I want to say about programming, you know, one great example of that is at the recent Iowa Council Convention, they talked about a program their library service is doing. I believe they got a grant and they send a box to your house if you're a Braille yes. library user. Yeah. And in the box, there's a, a project of the month. So maybe some seeds and some dirt and a book about gardening and Braille. And you can have those interactions either every month or every quarter. And so that's something that I've now taken back. I'm talking with my library about it to see if there's something they can do similar because I think we can draw on each other's great ideas. So before we start taking any hands, is there anything you want to say to the membership at large, um, whether it be, you know, about your new position or what, you know, it is an interim position. So what you are going to show us before it's time to vote again, whatever, any any thoughts you'd like to <laughs> well no pressure no pressure <laughs> no you guys are awesome i'm just going to get in on the work and see what i can do to add value over the next few months until the next convention when 
I would have the opportunity to run for my for a full term of my own. And I look forward to collaborating with the other presidents about issues we're faced and bring those up with the board. You know, that's what I'm going to do. It might be an uphill climb. Change is hard, but I'm going to do my best. All right. Well, we have both um, Zoom attendees and Clubhouse. Lucy will let us know if anybody in Clubhouse has a comment or a question. Sheila, who's up first for Cecily? We don't have any hands yet. Oh my All right, goodness. folks. Somebody has questions. Questions, comments, please raise your hand. Sheila, Lucy, do you have any questions or comments for or Bryn for Cecily? I think Cecily has covered everything really well. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Cecily, will you stick around for a little while in case we do end up with some questions? Yeah, no problem. And uh, one other thing I'd like to add, if I may. Sure. Uh, a role of mine that we haven't talked a lot about is I'm also a brand new member of the National Convention Committee with Janet. That is true. And that has been a hoot. That crew is fun. And I <laughs> had the opportunity to not, not only, and I think I'm filling the role of the Zoom side of the convention because that is going to be a significant job from here on out that someone needs to fulfill, and as well as the information desk. And I got to meet a lot of you there, so that's why I wanted to mention it, because if you came by the desk, you probably told me your room number so you could get the newspaper so, or your banquet table. I enjoyed that. But yes, I'll stick around for a little bit. Sure. All right. I recorded a demonstration earlier this morning um, that I think would be was would be a little bit fun for the show. And then we are going to transition to speaking with Janine Stanley. So, Sheila, are you ready to run that for us? Yes, sir. Well, give me one right. second to share my sure. screen. Tell me if you can't hear. So this is my demonstration of the AI function. And I have a few items, some of what I know what they are and some I don't. So let's see what happens. I've opened up the app already. I am on the Be My AI tab and the first button I'll hit is take photo. Take tab bar, take picture, button, take picture. Analyzing picture, please wait. The picture shows a fortune cookie that is still in its plastic wrapper. The cookie is placed on a surface that appears to be a countertop or table with a speckled pattern. There are also a few small crumbs or debris near the cookie. The fortune cookie is light brown in color and the plastic wrapper is clear. Well, I guess I got to get the sponge and do a little uh, wipe down on this counter. Let's see what the next item is. Take pic the picture. Sh take picture. Button. Here we go. Take picture. Dimmed. Analyzing picture. Please wait. For our listeners, this is a norpasticide product. With some items, it is quicker than others. The picture shows the back of a green food package. On the left side, there is a nutrition facts label which shows that the serving size contains 220 calories. Below the nutrition facts, there is a list of ingredients including wheat flour, salt, broccoli, and cheddar cheese, among others. On the right side, there are cooking instructions. At the top, it says stove directions, which are not fully visible. Below that, there are microwave directions, which instruct to use a two-quart microwave safe bowl. Combine one, one, two cups of water. Okay. Two 
So I would have asked. Um, there is also an image at the bottom. There is a note that there is also a barcode. Take picture. But ask more. Button. Okay. Ask more. Call a volunteer. Add picture. But message. Text field. Clear text. So once I hit the hit the ask more, I can send this to a volunteer and ask them to isolate the directions. Is there sodium? How much sodium? All kinds of questions. I can attach a message to make it quicker and they can read the message, get back to me quickly or answer live. Uh, let's do one more product. Message, add picture, message, text, clear text, button, send, send message, end chat, button, end chat, alert. All right. Are you sure you want to end this? No, but yes, button. I have no idea Thanks what this big jar of stuff is. Please let us know how you're over. I experienced. I had. I had a good. I had. I ex. Please. Thanks for chatting. Great experience. Heading. Thank. Please let us know. I experienced problems. I had a good chat. Button. I had a good chat. Starting camera. Take picture. Button. All right. Let's see what this jar is. Take picture. Dim. Analyzing picture. Please wait. The picture shows a jar of Orlando, California grape leaves. The jar is glass and appears to be filled with grape leaves. All right. Let's try one more just for fun. Hi, come here. Come here. Come here. Sit. Good. Stay. Take picture. Button. Take picture. Dip. Analyzing picture. Please wait. The picture shows a light-colored dog, possibly a Labrador, sitting on a tile floor. The dog is wearing a collar and is looking down. The tiles are large and beige. There is a person's leg and foot in the foreground. That would be me. Another person's leg and hand can be seen near the dog. There is also a wooden piece of furniture with wheels in the background, and a small clump of what looks like fur on the floor near the dog's paws. That's shocking. <laughs> and that is Puppy Gabe, and that is my demonstration of Be My AI, and how cool it is. And honestly, um, how revolutionizing it will be in our daily lives. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, Sheila, for running that. Um, you know, people that have guide dogs, and now there are two, and a retired one in this household, know that you can vacuum every day and still come across come across clumps of fur. <laughs> I am very thrilled to welcome back to Sunday Edition, uh, Janine Stanley. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, Janine. Hey there, hello. <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask you, after you vacuum, how long typically until you find a clump of fur that you miss somehow? Well, first of all, you're making the assumption that I vacuum. <laughs> I, I follow your Facebook page. I know you vacuum. <laughs> uh, I, I do occasionally vacuum. Unfortunately, the fur is right behind me, usually um, dropping. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got two golden retrievers and they shed constantly. And it just doesn't. But some times of year, like right now, they're blowing their coats, getting ready for winter. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. Before we get into anything else, I have to thank you. Speaking of Facebook, I was scrolling this morning before getting ready for Sunday edition. And one of my favorite Facebook offerings is back. The, um, uh, the, the, what is it? What is the exact title? Um, the, the stars with Curtis. Yes. The horoscopes with a skilled professional canine. They are back. We took a little bit of a hiatus for my brain to, uh, 
to recharge, but we are back with our weekly horoscopes for the skilled canine professional. Folks, if you are not friends with Janine Stanley on Facebook, um, you really absolutely need to go friend request her. The 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 horoscopes alone are hilarious, but lots of fun, um, interesting posts from the point of view of Curtis, from the point of view of two different cats. Um, yes. <laughs> and lots of great information as well. But I, I think the animal postings are without a doubt, the most entertaining and hilarious and fun to to encounter on on an almost daily basis. So welcome back to exercise your creativity. (laughs) Yes. Welcome back to Sunday edition. I am I am imagining that part of that that, you know, resting of the brain happens in Hawaii. And um, I have been Facebook stalking you for a long time. And all of a sudden, all of these great Hawaiian photo posts were coming up. Um, so first and foremost, tell us how was your trip? Well, the trip was great. Oh, I, you know, I have many a, a time when I just sit here at my desk and say, I wish I was back in Maui. <laughs> and for everybody who is concerned about the folks in Maui, yes, please keep them in your thoughts. And if you feel disposed to do so, please give to the Red Cross or appropriate charity that can get money to the folks there who have lost their homes. And over 100 people died in these fires. Luckily, where we were, uh, there were no fires, first of all. The fires were way up on the side of the mountain by the time we got there. Uh, But they had pretty much wiped out one of my tour destinations. And many of the tours were actually closed, but the ones that were open really were happy because a lot of people were canceling their vacations. And I, I understand why, but uh, it, they really, tourism is one of the lifeblood activities of Maui. So please, you know, uh, go. There are plenty of fun things to do. And uh, even if you just sit there by the ocean and say, oh, I could do this forever, uh, that's good. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the fires. Um, I, I, there's there, there's no um, no words to say other than, you know, we send our prayers. Anybody who can, you know, spare a couple of dollars, please, as Janine said, go to the Red Cross or one of the GoFundMes um, mm-hmm. out there. But how much, you know, when, when I'm thinking about when I'm here in Florida and there's a hurricane coming, you know, everything mm-hmm. local for, you know, three, four days, um, five, seven, 10, depending on the, the strength, how much did it actually, did it affect, you know, your day to day that, that the fires had just happened? And, and... I, I think the biggest effect, Anthony, was not necessarily from the fires because we made sure that none of our tours were near those areas or affected by those areas. The wind, what people don't know is that along with the fires, there were 80 mile an hour winds that just popped up and were sustained for quite a while. And they did so much more damage in areas like up the sides of Mount Haleakala, the big volcano that is on Maui, um, trees down, roads closed, people who still did not have electricity and it had been, you know, almost 10 days to two weeks. Um, So that was really bad. That reminded me of hurricanes, you know, and big storms back here on the mainland. So, excuse me. Yeah, that was uh, that was something that really affected us. Now we did have a big party, 
<laughs> While we were there, we learned that the giant banyan tree, which is in the middle of Lahaina, and it is probably the yes. oldest banyan tree on earth, it had sap. They discovered sap flowing in it, which yep. is a party thing because that means that tree is still alive and it is going to come back. And uh, that was that was very exciting. And in the midst of all of the terrible stuff, that was really exciting. You know, one of the things that if you've ever been to Hawaii, um, you you walk away with the spirit of the people. Um, the they you know they love to the party, they love to welcome. They it mm-hmm. you can't spend a few days there without feeling that beautiful spirit. So, yes. can you talk a little bit about? you know, how the spirit is resilient, you, you know, there was a party and, and there was a reason to party. Talk about the spirit of the island and it's, and it, you know, it's people. It's just, it's a very relaxed kind of thing. If you go there, um, <clears throat> one of the first things that our guide said to us, and let me just quiet the A-lady. Alexa, stop. There we go. Now everyone's units have gone off. Um, but one of the first things that the taxi driver who drove us from the airport said is you can't be an a-hole in hawaii and i thought you know what you are exactly right and i want that on a (laughs) t-shirt because you really it is very hard to work yourself into that state because everybody is pretty much relaxed it's you know what we're on an island things are going to get done when they get done and there's nothing you can do about it and it's beautiful to just let that go and just kind of enjoy things for what they are and the people um, that we met were just fantastic. They were really, oh, oh, you're blind? Okay, well, tell us what you need us to do, and we'll do it. Or tell us what you don't want us to do, and we'll do that, too. Absolutely. So what are some of the highlights of the trip for you? Oh, what my work, goodness. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So my sister and my husband have been planning this trip since February, and we went with both of my sisters, their husbands, and my nephew. So we had kind of a mini family reunion. And we went, let's see, we did, uh, we went visited a tea farm. We went on a day tour to Hana, which is on the other side of the island. And you take this very twisty, curving, horrendous road. And I'll tell you what, if you get the least bit car sick, do not do this without appropriate medication okay (laughs) it is quite the road but we ended up on the the black sand beach at hana is absolutely gorgeous we went zip lining i took my husband and my brother-in-law to over to oahu for the day to pardon me see the arizona memorial and the battleship missouri and there's a whole story behind that uh but then of course, we went ziplining, but the highlight was paragliding. <gasps> oh, this I've was done so that. much Ugh. fun. It is the closest thing you will get to flying. Just yeah. being able as a, a single organism to fly. It was amazing. We had so much fun. And uh, Paraglide Maui is the company that we went with. They were incredible. They did not blink an eye. You know, here we've got four blind people coming to Paraglide. And they were like, yeah, okay, whatever. Tell us what you need. And they were wonderful at describing everything as we were up in the air and uh, got to fly through a cloud. And wow. I mean, it was just amazing. Can you describe that that feeling when you first are released and you realize, okay, it's me and the elements? Well, I'm off the ground. 
you know, you you sit first of all, you uh, have a harness that's sort of like a bucket kind of set. Yeah. And when your feet leave the ground, at first you're kind of running, 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 and then your guide says, "Okay, we're good. We're we're in the air," and you sink back into that seat, and it's like, "There's nothing around me. I'm just..." And I had my arms out, you know, and and uh, it, it, I can't even describe it. It was so such an interesting feeling, and then to feel the density in the air of a cloud, and then Uh we came out of the cloud, and then we did some spins and some tricks, and we did the zero-G vomit comet thing where we actually stopped, and that was that was quite fun and quite terrifying at the same time. But but it was. Did you have the jolt lurch? (laughs) Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Oh yeah! Absolutely! And then you know we slid in, did a perfect landing do not put your feet down when you land or you can break your ankles because you're going pretty fast when you land (laughs) but uh yeah it was phenomenal and we got some gorgeous pictures speaking of woo (laughs) all right well that's a great segue um those of you who have listened to janine and i on sunday edition before know janine's story but um you were very uh photo um uh photo visual um <laughs> journalistic with this trip you yeah. you're pretty good with photos on a, on a general basis but um it seems like there was a little bit of steroid this this time around <laughs> as far as the photos were concerned there, there so talk to us about that <laughs> yeah so i thought okay you know we're going and i i loved when i had my little bit of vision that i had i loved taking pictures and i got a 35 millimeter millimeter camera right before i lost most of my sight which was like oh okay fine but i decided okay i'm going to use the properties of the iphone uh you know they're telling us how good the cameras are let's just see and i have you know pretty much a visual memory of where things are in a pretty good sense for setting up shots but I started off this trip with, well, let's see what's out the airplane window. Let me just take pictures and then let me get some description of those pictures. Well, you know, typically the way I would get descriptions of pictures would, of course, be with an IRA agent, or I might call the agent to have me set up the shot and take the picture. That would be great, except I'm on an airplane. And so IRA is not going to work on the airplane, even though we did have Wi-Fi. We needed the cellular for IRA to work, of course. Well, then I said, okay, you know what? I happen to be one of the lucky ones who has access to the Be My Eyes AI feature, which used to be called Virtual Volunteer. Now it's Be My AI. And uh, I, I said, okay, well, let me just get these pictures described and see what I've got. And uh, that began the fun of taking pictures. And I didn't necessarily, as I'm looking back at them, I didn't take as many as I wanted to, but boy, I took a lot. (laughs) There are a good deal, and there are a lot of them from paragliding because the um, instructor who's behind you will take pictures with their phone and your phone if you want. So, um, and of course, we got their pictures as well as our pictures. So there are a whole lot of pictures, but I think one of the best pictures that I took, my husband, who has a little bit of vision, was sitting by the window and he looked over and said, there's the most beautiful sunset out there. I can see the, I think it's called the terminus, which is the literal line on the horizon where the sun goes down, where the sun vanishes. And you can actually see that reflected. And so I have this beautiful series of pictures out the window of the plane of the, the sunset coming into Maui. Ah, gorgeous. 
So yeah, so, that's uh, that's that's kind of my photographic story, and the descriptions I found were really really interesting. And we can talk a little bit about how to use this tool and how to trust or not trust the descriptions. But I'll tell you what, the landscape pictures were fun. I've got a beautiful picture of uh, landing in Seattle, of coming into L.A. at night. Uh, that was fun. And uh, a few others that I said, wow, that's a good picture. How did I do that? <laughs> and for those those listening, it is Janine Stanley, and they are on Facebook. You can um, friend request her and get oh, yeah. some really interestingly described photos. Um, you know, you said something very interesting that we I, I definitely want to touch on. Um, and I'll tell a story. So I have been using I've been using um, Be My AI a lot in preparation for today's show and just because i honestly it is a cool tool i'm having fun with it oh, yeah. um but you know i was testing out various various things um you heard my norpasticide in the demo um you know and i got my cooking instructions um really really easily uh, microwave sorry herbie i know that you you know you're a stovetop guy i he's out there listening <laughs> but they're just as good as in the microwave i'm sorry <laughs> having said that though um i i did a nyla bone which i thought was really the description i got was a chewed up piece of plastic possibly a uh they didn't say soda what word did they use a uh, beverage bottle possibly a <laughs> Um, and, I'm, and then I started feeling it. It's the one that's supposed to be like a dragon. I guess it's supposed to feel like a dragon. Um, oh. It has the, the weird pointy, you know, the weird oh. points on the two ends. So, yeah, that's what it got for Nyla Bone. Um, I, I took a picture of, of a tequila bottle and it said that it was an artful glass vase. Um, it was, it, I forget what brand of tequila it is, but it's the one that comes with the netting on it. Um, so it, it called that an artful glass vase. So did you get any really interesting descriptions that, um, did not make it to Facebook, let's say? Um, a few, yes, a few. Um, now I'm trying to remember a couple of them that were really funny. Um, one was of, I, I took a, a, an amusing picture of my husband sleeping on the airplane and it said, um, a a person something about an elderly person possibly on the street and i'm thinking oh okay that's interesting and it had the colors of his clothing all wrong and i thought wait where was i aiming that camera you know <laughs> um mostly though what it got wrong or incorrect let me say was the colors of clothing on people and calling me and my husband an elderly couple thank you um yeah, yeah I, i'm I, not yeah. fond of what it calls me either a, a man in my early 50s i'm yeah. not there yet i don't like yeah. technology telling me that i'm close to that yeah yeah well you know technically i suppose we are an elderly couple but i don't want to hear that from my ai okay yeah. um sorry but no it our actually... agents are a lot more tactful when it comes yes, to that exactly i exactly. i just uh, submitted a picture of myself and it said um i was a uh young woman with a warm and inviting smile looking contempt and comfortable Ooh, all right <laughs> i was Ooh. like oh hey well there you Very go nice well, they Very like nice. you more than they like Janine and I. I guess I so. Know. I know. Well, I can't Young get woman. it to tell me the color <laughs> of my prosthetic eyes. So, and I know they're dark green. And I keep trying to get it to tell me, and they keep saying light blue. And now I'm thinking, oh, maybe I need to make a trip to the uh, ocularist to get these things cleaned. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, I thought that they gave me the wrong eyes. Oops. Oh my. So let's take it. Let's take a few. Thank you, Bryn, for for um. If you come up with anything else interesting, interject along the way. Um. Let's take a couple of steps back, though. Can you give us your idea of how this all works? Um, we know it's a language model based, that it's pulling information based upon likely scenarios. How do you understand the, the picture goes in? What happens from that point? Well, I would assume from that point that the app goes up to chat GPT or the chat GPT engine uh, that Be My Eyes is hooked into. And remember, they are hooked into uh, a bit more descriptive version of chat uh, GPT from OpenAI. Uh, they're hooked into a bit more advanced version than most. Now, I will say that we have been exposed to descriptions of photos, good or bad, for quite a while now through um, Apple's rendering of photos, giving them descriptions, telling you what's in the photos, not really necessarily describing them, but letting you know, you know, two people, water, mustache. I just remember when it Yeah, basic tree photos, or yes, tricycle. Yes, yeah. Basic thing, shoes. It was always shoes and the biggest shoes and beards. If you had the slightest sh shadow under your face, you had a beard. So, which would, became hysterical actually in some cases. So, this object recognition is all being tied together through this large language model. And I think they are probably like initially they were blurring out faces and it wasn't just on um, Be My AI. It was across chat GPT, I believe uh, they were blurring out faces. Well, the latest uh, update to the beta on Be My AI, faces are no longer blurred out, which is going to be really interesting to see how that goes forward. Um, they have also chosen not to talk about skin color or if they're not sure they say a person, which I think is great, do not assume. And um, I think probably this is, it's going to be an interesting thing for us until somebody points out, wait a minute, that's not what's actually in that picture. Um, and then we're going to find you know, the things that it gets wrong. I tell people, if you're going to work with something like Be My AI or any of the chatbots out there that can recognize images, start with something you absolutely know. You know, start uh -huh. with your dog, start with knowing the exact colors of the clothing that you're wearing. Um, I have on a black shirt today and it keeps calling it uh, charcoal gray. I'm thinking, wow, maybe my lenses need cleaned. <laughs> I see a theme here, but um, really know the limits of what it's telling you because sometimes it's not correct. And, you know, it got, like I said, it got clothing wrong a lot of the time, you know, white shorts. No, I don't own a pair of white shorts. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, but uh, they were actually tan, but little things like that, um, bigger things it usually gets correct because those are easy. Um, it does do a lot of subjective descriptions of pictures, like Bryn was saying, you know, appears calm and relaxed or a scene that I take a picture of, you know, oh, this looks like a very calm and pleasant scene. And that's that's great. But sometimes I really like the more objective view of it. Was there something that that surprised you in the process? 
Um, yeah, exactly how much detail there was. Um, yeah. And also, I was playing around yesterday with setting up some of my, I have a lot of rocks and crystals, and I was setting up some of them uh, to take pictures of, and how well it could tell me that after the picture was taken, oh, in the upper right is the thing that I was trying to photograph. And I thought, oh, could they just use the power of the iOS uh, camera, you know, how you can center one person, center of frame, mm. you know, one person lower left, and you can center your camera that way. Well, it would be nice if this had that ability, because what I'm going to need to do for a lot of my cool pictures is to work with an IRA agent to crop out things like the window frame of the airplane or, you know, just little things like that to get things centered and get them a little bit more presentable for actual photos that I want to really share with people. So did you, did you use the ask for more function? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Quite a bit. Yes. And uh, how should I move? Uh, one thing I did ask was how should I reposition the camera when taking another picture? Should I move to the right or left? Um, let's see uh can you identify this plant i do a lot of can you identify this plant and i have a an app called uh, picture this which identifies plants much better than uh, the ai can do at this point but it was kind of fun to see what it was going to call the plants we looked at a rainbow eucalyptus tree for example which is a eucalyptus tree whose bark kind of sloughs off as it's discarding its old bark and there are various colors underneath, and it really does look like a rainbow. And I can't remember what it called it, but it definitely was nothing close to a eucalyptus tree, <laughs> which was kind of fun. And I, it also learns from if you know something and you put it in there, for example, my sister in their hotel room, they had the coolest tactile map of the Hawaiian Islands. And it was supposed to be art. But it was this great tactile map with all kinds of stuff on it. I took a picture of it, and the AI said, a uh, series of blue splotches on a wall. And I put in the, uh, in the text box, this is a picture of the Hawaiian Islands. And it came back to me and said, oh, it does resemble the Hawaiian Islands. Thank you for correcting me. And then when I went back to that photo later on and I actually had it on uh, another phone and I did the uh, the test on it um, ran be my AI on it it said this is a photo of the Hawaiian Islands the islands are in blue against a white background wow nice so you know if you do put corrective information in that in that box where um, you're asking for more information it will learn that's awesome. I have not ex I have not had an experience that's comparable to that yet. Now I'm going to look for something to play with it with. Um, <laughs> so I, I would imagine that you took, for a lot of the photos, you took their basic description and based upon what you know as a person, added yes. to it. But did you take any of the descriptions complete from what they gave you and just go through the process of, of did you copy and paste? What did you do to take the huh. descriptions they gave you and get it to your social media? Good question. Well, initially, I did the command in iOS to actually uh, copy the last thing that voiceover said to the clipboard. I was doing that for a while, but then I discovered that in the Be My AI portion of their app, you can do a single finger swipe down. And the first element there is copy. Yep. Oh, 
yeah. And that, that then I just, you know, was able to copy and paste the photo into my Facebook post. I could edit it then. I could change, you know, whatever might need to be changed uh, in the photo. I could take out some language that I didn't want in there, whatever. And I always attributed it. And somebody just mentioned this on Facebook, actually. I always tried to attribute them to the Be My AI app because there are a lot of folks who try hard to give really good photo descriptions in their photos, great alt text and things. And I want to acknowledge it when a human does that or when, say, I get that yeah. from Ira versus um, the AI. And so the AI does a great job. But, you know, I always want to make sure that people understand that <clears throat> it is from AI. I've got a question <laughs> for you. Um when you want to share a picture to Facebook and you know ahead of time, like I'm taking this photo uh, to be described and then post it on Facebook. Uh, from my experience, I don't think you can, uh, you know, if you did the picture taking in Be My AI, uh, that picture goes to the cloud and it gets its description and there's no way to save that that photo That's correct so if you yeah, yeah if you yeah. want to share it to social media you have to take that picture with your regular camera and then send it to be my ai can you describe correct. how that's done sure sure so thank you Brent. i was making my way to that <laughs> perfect question great minds think alike so what you would do you would take the picture in your with your camera so that it will go to your camera roll or in the photos app and i'm talking ios because i don't know android but i don't believe this is available in android is it apologies so. to all the android folk out there uh but what you're going to do, then you will go into your Photos app. You will double tap on that photo that you want to send to social media. And luckily, we've got basic descriptions of those photos now. So you'll be able to find the one that you want. And once you've double tapped on it, then at the lower left corner of that screen in the toolbar is the share button. And you're going to use your share sheet to share that photo to Facebook. And what I will typically do then is um, I'll run it first through Be My AI. And what you have to do then is uh, do that single finger swipe down to get your copy to copy that text. You can paste it somewhere if you want, like in notes or something. But if you just keep it up on the clipboard, then you're going to go back to your photo. Um, you can use the scrub gesture to get back to your photo and your share sheet. Go out of the share sheet because... Apparently, you can only do one thing at a time in the share sheet. Yep. If you try to tap on anything else, it's not going to work. So go out of that share sheet, stay on that screen, tap the share button again, and then go to Facebook, go to wherever you want to post that, and go ahead and post the picture. And you can copy the text. It'll still be right there. You can copy it right in. It's a bit of a What's... process now. So I'm hoping that they will include a share sheet uh, because they've already got that copy feature. So maybe you know let's hope i yes i am hoping that they'll do that and i'm hoping that that there is someone out there who is working on a way to immediately copy if we think it's a good description it to alt text so that it will follow 
Um, mm-hmm. That would be a function that that would be very helpful to our community if they figure yeah. out a way to oh, do so. And you know what I've been doing, actually, with these? Um, Anthony, I have been copying the text. Uh, once I put it through Be My AI with the share sheet, I'll copy that text. Then I'll go back to the photo. And on that toolbar is an information uh, button. Yep. I will tap on that. I will put it up in the caption part. The only bad thing is that doesn't seem to be the same as alt text. It doesn't, I don't know where it goes on the photo, but when I'm going back through my camera roll, I'm not seeing it. So I'm not sure if that just comes up whenever I have the photo on screen by itself. I'm not sure. I haven't played with that too much, but I was putting the uh, these into the caption text yesterday for a bunch of photos that I wanted to be sure I could find easily. I, and uh, no, doesn't happen. I really love how um, certain social media platforms have a alt text section built right in um really notably like up front and center is mastodon every time you take a photo it always asks for um descriptive text of the photo which is so cool yes that one is beautiful for the end i'm so glad that they did that um and they did that i think that was in there even before mastodon started to become you know popular and a lot of us went over there you know, I found um, it very interesting, the difference between, and you, you touched on this a, a few minutes ago, the difference between the two different models being used. The description, when I when I have taken photos and then gone through my share option and have Be My AI describe it and then go back in and what Apple is describing to me versus what Be My, Be My AI is describing to me in the same photo um, mm-hmm. can be a, a a big difference sometimes or like spot on, it's exactly the same. But more often than not, I'm getting a lot more detail through the Be My AI, oh, yes. a lot more Definitely. targeted detail. Definitely. And if you go in, for example, with, you know, let's say you're sitting at someplace and you want to capture the venue, you know, I'm sitting on my lanai at my hotel and I want to capture, we had a, an amazing room and the, the ocean is right there and it's absolutely beautiful. So I want to capture that. So I actually did an experiment. I went in and I got the Be My Eye, Be My AI version, which has all that detail about the ocean looking a certain shade of blue and there were palm trees and blah, blah, blah. Then I went into seeing AI and I mean, seeing AI is the quintessential you know, the the first and foremost Swiss army knife of apps for blind people. And I did the scene description and it was woefully sad. It was very, very basic. So I'm hoping the folks at Seeing AI can hook into the the open AI model or somehow because it would be wonderful to have that scene description there as well and see if they would have any differences within that model or anything like that. But I, you know, I was really shocked to see that that the scene description really hasn't changed or updated in quite a while in seeing AI. Yeah. It, you know, I, I, it's no secret. Um, Sunday edition listeners know that in the last year or so, I have really come to have a new um, love for my envision. <clears throat> excuse me, Envision Glasses. Um, They have a chat BT component as well, which, you know, I I used just just the other day at brunch um, to get through the menu. (laughs) Um, You know, and being able to scan the entire menu and then ask about veal dishes, let's say, or, you know, what is the price on something? Give me the ingredients in the. It's revolutionizing. Um, 
one of the features on the Envision glasses that, you know, I found lacking, you know, is the scene description. Um, using it lately, though, and, and then being able to zone in and get more information, um, I'm, I'm imagining a year from now, we're going to we're going to be it feels like in a year we have come a, a hundred steps forward. It is as far amazing. as it is visual interpretation is concerned. Right now. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like we were at the Wailea uh, Marriott Beachfront Resort, which is the property that we stayed on. It's 22 acres. So it's huge. And uh, it was large. And if you were a blind person, it took me at least, you know, four out of the 10 days we were there to actually learn my way around the place. Um, so being able to, you know, query something in the future a year from now and say, okay, I'm going to take a picture. Here's where I am right now. Can you tell me how to get to uh, the uh, adults only pool? let's say, or how do I get to this restaurant or, or the food truck, yeah. which was amazing, by the way. Um, but, you know, being able to do that, it really, <clears throat> it takes technology to a whole different level. The scary part is if your batteries run out, you know, or your technology is not working for whatever reason, it's really weird to be without it. Often the tours that we went on were way up where there was no cell service. And so, you know, I would try to call Ira. I would try to invoke Be My AI, which does require cell service, by the way, folks, cell or Wi-Fi, either one. Um, it was really weird. I'm like, oh, no, I have no technology. I can't see. Oh, no. What am I going <laughs> to yeah. do? Yeah, yeah it's, it's really weird because, like, I use AI in my job a lot now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, like, I'll be with a client. Uh, and sometimes I find it easier to go to chat GPT and just ask, you know, what's the keyboard command for this in, in voiceover mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. knowing that it will give me incorrect information sometimes and taking that with a grain of salt. Um, I can usually get the information I need very quickly with AI. And so mm -hmm. I've been using that instead of Google lately. But, you know, it's it's really uh, hard when you are operating on cellular service instead of, um, you know, Wi-Fi and you're out mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere and you're you're kind of, you know, we're getting to the point where we're sort of dependent on technology in a lot of ways. I couldn't remember any of my friends' actual phone numbers at this point. If I lost yeah. my yep. phone and had to yep. call Anthony from a payphone, I would have no idea <laughs> what Anthony's phone number is. And it's just weird when you get disconnected from the oh. from the internet. Exactly. Exactly. And there were points along our journey, you know, across the Pacific where we totally lost everything. There was no Wi-Fi. There was nothing. And it was weird. It was very weird. And, you know, everything worked in the plane because it was all stored in there. Whatever movies you wanted to get. I didn't even play with the entertainment system on the plane because I had things in my phone. But it was so odd thinking, wow okay, how am I going to handle this? And then, you know, all the old things kick back in, all of your old O&M skills or whatever blindness skills you learned or, you know, needed to practice kind of kicked in. Um, but in the case of the resort, the staff was amazing. They knew us all by name. And, uh, you know, uh, it was that kind of Hawaiian, okay, you know, we're all here to help each other out. So um, we were never really lost hopelessly. Well, one time, but we won't talk about that. <laughs>
I want to segue away from visual interpretation for a little while, and then we'll come back to it before we open up mm -hmm. for our audience. But um, can you talk to us about the guide dog experience? Because, you know, since I, first and foremost, since I've come into my blindness journey, um, one of the things that I've always been told is it's so hard to go to Hawaii with a guide dog. Um, and, but I am understanding that it is a lot more smooth of a process now. So can you talk oh, to us a little about that? Oh, yeah. So it was literally, Anthony, 25 years ago. Um, I went a little bit ahead of, but on August 31st of 1998, the settlement was signed and agreed upon to allow guide dogs to be exempted from the Hawaii quarantine. And at that time, the process was pretty arduous. Now, the process is difficult and there are steps, but it's much, much less so than it used to be. For example, you do have to get a blood sample for a titer test for your dog. And that's how many rabies titer titers are in their system in their system yep yep and yep. that test has to be done at a federal laboratory and the federal laboratory is in kansas so you are going to incur in some cases a significant cost for your vet to take that sample and mail it to kansas and of course it's got to be refrigerated and all of these things and then kansas will get back to your vet and you have to monitor that and make sure that your vet is aware that you need the exact um, notation, the exact communication from the lab in Kansas. <clears throat> Not all vets have great email communication, so you may still be faxing things. And yes, I did have to fax things, so I had to uh, renew my subscription to eFax. eFax is great, by the way. They're actually very accessible, and I was able to send the faxes. Uh, you're going to need for this type of travel and to get uh, exempted from quarantine, you're going to need a health certificate, a standard health certificate for flying. However, your vet is also going to have to show that your dog has been treated by them in the office during the exam uh, for fleas and ticks. And so that's a little different. So if you follow all the instructions and keep all your paperwork, I had a notebook on one side for each dog, I had all the paperwork that they needed and all the permits we needed an inter-island permit because we were not flying into Oahu. And I was kind of glad we didn't, although um, sadly, our vet that was supposed to come and do the check-in, her entire practice was destroyed. And it was wow. so sad. We, you know, we said, okay, we're, we're going to, you know, <laughs> make a big donation to get her back on her feet. But she sent, uh, called another vet and they were there. The process of checking in at the airport was flawless. I have to say that the vet went through our paperwork. She looked at both of our dogs. It took maybe 10 minutes uh, for all of that. Now, we got to that point because GDUI worked very hard along with many other people, but GDUI really took the, the lead on this one um, for many years. And during the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, we were really, really pushing. And uh, a lot of great folks, Kim Charlson, um, Sherry, the late, great Sherry Pomerantz, uh, Sherry Handy, some of you might have known her. Um, there were just a number of people that were working to get this quarantine exempted. And I got to be the one to take it over the finish line. I kind of felt like I was cheating because, you know, so many people had worked so hard for this to happen. And afterward, 
you know, it was just numbers of people going to Hawaii, working the process. And every so often, they would knock another regulation off. Like initially, you had to have three, count them three, of those titer tests. And one of them had to happen when you got to Hawaii. They actually took blood from the dog when you got there. So it was just a huge, huge expense and a huge process back then. And we are down to one blood test now. Uh, there are um, certain restrictions have been lightened a lot for pets and things like that. Service animals can now come of all types. Initially, it was just guide dogs and only guide dogs from the uh, U.S. Guide Dog School Group and the um, IGDF, International Guide Dog Federation. So what is the turnaround time on the titer test? Um, does it have to be within like 30 days, 10 days? Um... It can be. It has to be. Um, you have to take it no more than 30 days before you go. Um, it's better to get it within about 60 days. I'm not going to remember these, these regulations completely exactly correctly. The turnaround time on it is two to four weeks. So plan accordingly. Um, this is, you know, taking your dog to Hawaii is not great for a pop-up adventure. <laughs> In other words, um, you really want to plan it out. And like I said, we've been planning since February. We sent in our tests and everything in April and they got back to us pretty quickly actually it only took about two weeks for our results to get back um it was my husband my sister and I all three have guide dogs and everything went really smoothly for all of us um but you do have to plan your process and the tighter test results are probably the worst one now they are good for I want to say two years uh, I could be wrong about that. I know they're good for at least a year. So if you go back for whatever reason, you know, great, fantastic. Or if your pop-up trip gets canceled and you go again within that time frame, you're good. However, you know, um, check the regulations and you can find those. Um, just type into your search engine of choice or ask your AI of choice. Uh, what are the regulations and what is the website where I can find the regulations for guide dogs entering the state of Hawaii? It's going to be the Hawaii Department of Agriculture is going to be the, the state department that you go to. And one really good source for any of these things is PetTravel.com. So that's yes. -E, yeah, P-E-T-T-R-A-V-E-L.com. And that's a great site. They've got travel info from around the world, and they've got links directly to all the forms you need and everything. Or conversely, call your guide dog school. Absolutely. You know, Gabriel and I travel. This will be my third Honduran Christmas. Ooh, I am very excited. Nice. Um, you know, and, and depending on the country you're going to, there are different regulations. Um, you know, a lot of the Latin American countries have the rabies restrictions. Um, so that requires extra testing and we have to get that, you know, we have to get that all done mid November to make sure that it is in, you know, for a December 15th flight. Um, yes. but you know, pet, pettravel.com is a great one. Um, I always call, you know, I school, you know, so far as GDF, I always call GDF and, and see if there's any anything that has happened recently internationally that I don't know about. Um, but mm -hmm. our vet wonderfully has been dealing with Gabriel for um, 15 years now, I guess. Uh, oh, and so, you know, they know that the holiday season is coming up. Let, <laughs> let's check and see. We always need a, a house certificate as well. Um, you know, and, and so that visit ends up being a costly one, but well worth mm -hmm. it. We know because every year that certain shots that are needed is all done yeah. in one, you know, one great visit.
And so that's the um, other thing, you know, get your get your shots, time those out, because when your dog gets its rabies vaccine is important to the process. You want to get it yes. uh, so that it's not going to interfere with the tighter tests. And for, you know, for Hawaii and certain international destinations, there are certain timelines that that may need yep. to be advised. So, um, you know, planning a trip in February for late August is a great thing. Yes, um, yes. That and, and I suggest very if nicely. you know. <laughs> Yeah, if you know you're going overseas internationally with your guide dog, check whatever restrictions may be for that country itself, but also for coming back into the United States with your dog. There are some countries that have extra restrictions. I don't think Hawaii, you know, we're the same country, so I don't think there's anything about coming back. But there are some international destinations that have different requirements about bringing your dog back. Exactly. So always check that out as well. Yeah. We were sad to learn, Anthony, that uh, my husband and I said, okay, next bucket list trip is Iceland. It is not impossible, but impossible for us to get our dogs into Iceland. It's not going to happen. Um, there's a quarantine no matter what. Service animal doesn't matter. Quarantine. Uh, or you stay in a rabies-free country for at least two weeks, I believe, before entering Iceland. And I said, I don't think we can do that. <laughs> so there goes the Iceland vacation with dogs. Now, you know, who knows, but um that one was was quite a shock and that one was definitely a ooh, read the regs before you start planning. Yeah, New Zealand and Australia as well. We had um Martine Abel Williamson on mm-hmm. Sunday edition recently and she does unfortunately often has to travel without her guide dog because of the quarantining to go back home. Yep. I took my dog to Australia um, right after, actually, I went to Hawaii for the settlement in 98. And that was some incredible paperwork. And I will say, check the numbers before you fax anything, because my most embarrassing <laughs> travel story, Anthony knows this one. So I went to fax all of my paperwork, my ID, everything to the Australian quarantine service. And the number was wrong, and I was faxing it to a bar in Sydney, which which I subsequently visited to introduce myself because they were so sweet. They called up and said, love, I think you're faxing it to the wrong place, which is my horrible Australian accent. And I was, oh, I was so embarrassed. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, check everything and double check. So let's slide back into visual interpretation before we open it up to the audience. Um, what can you share with us about the new position that was created and filled and um, visual interpretation as an advocacy item? Sure. Well, first of all, a giant thank you to ACB for Resolution 2023-12, I believe it is, um, supporting visual interpreting and encouraging the um, affiliates to go to their states to look at funding for visual interpreting. And that's not just IRA, that's any form of visual interpreting um, that would require funding. We, of course, take the human route, uh, but we just have a new chief technical officer who is, his background is in AI. So I don't know what that bodes for IRA coming up. Who knows? Um, We are not going to switch over to an an AI model anytime soon. We may be adding it for certain things, though. You never know. 
Um, but the new position we uh, created and filled this past spring, of course, was our VP of Blindness Initiatives, and that is Mr. Everett Bacon. Um, some of you may have met Everett. Um, he right now is a member of the National Federation of the Blind. However, he is really anxious to meet folks from ACB as well. Now, he is in Utah, so if you uh, are a Utah affiliate, want to ask him to attend your convention, I'm sure he would be more than happy to do that. Uh, but he is also available to talk to anyone about strategies to promote visual interpreting in your state, in your city, with a particular access partner, whatever it is you're looking at. We're really looking now at, we want to see as many organizations pay for your use of visual interpreting as possible. Um, not just because it's good for us, but visual interpreting, uh, as we say, access is a human right. That's our big slogan for 2023 and, and onward. And human rights should not have a cost associated with them. And so our big push is to try to get more and more things funded outside of your pocketbook. I um, I will have Everett on Sunday edition in the very near future. Um, I'm awesome. currently working with, with him, um, Publix, which is, you know, very well regarded oh, yes. here in the Southeast, mm -hmm. uh, is very interested by an accidental exposure. Um, right. you, we, the city of Miami Beach is a, um, a an IRA access point, which yes. is great. Um, and we're, Gabriel and I are going to be doing some filming for the city of Miami Beach. And, um, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to film in a Publix. And so through a happy accident, they actually said, well, how do we get more information? We know that, I believe it's Weg Wegmans or Kroger. Yes, Wegmans, um, yes. Wegmans just, you know, came on board and they're yep. offering this to their customers. Yep. How do we get, you know, how do we get on, on this? Yep. And so I'm, you know, facilitating conversations and very happy to be in the middle of it. Um, but We're yeah, happy to have you, know. you in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> Publix would be Publix would be great for Gabriel, and myself, and all of uh, our Floridian family, oh, you know, brothers, absolutely. sisters, and non-binary siblings to be able to walk into Publix and shop. Absolute favorite grocery store when I lived down there. Publix yeah, is it awesome. Is. Now I and have I will, to ask I, you before yes. you go any further: Have you been to the uh, Gucci store in Miami? I have not yet. You, you but... may want to pay them a visit with your IRA agent. Just saying. Just saying. I can't do that. I can't do that without the fabulous Mikey Wiseman. And, oh, you know, well, it, it, the travel schedule is just so hard to keep up oh, with. But... Man. <laughs> Mikey, okay, Mikey, come on. Come on. We need you guys to report back. Everybody needs to report back from the Gucci's in Miami. Okay. Or the one in New York City, if you know, if you're uh, taking a trip to New York City. Just saying. So if you are out there and there is a supermarket chain or a coffee shop or any business that you think would benefit from the IRA All Access Service, reach out to Mr. Everett Bacon. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And we can't guarantee, you know, everything, but we're certainly working on it. The entire world is an, an IRA Access location. And uh, we know that folks have had some difficulty reaching agents. We are always hiring, and it is not an easy process to become an IRA agent. I will 
be really honest because a lot of people say, oh, this person would be perfect, but there are a lot of factors that go into becoming an agent, not the least of which is your internet connection as well as, you know, your skill as an agent. So um, it, that's something to keep in mind. But if you do know of anybody, you can go to our website, ira.io, and go down to the careers section, and that will get you started. We also have jobs from time to time for other things in there, like programmers, um, customer service people. Just keep looking there to see what we might have available. And one thing that um, you and, and Everett and Troy emphasized at the conventions this year is the pricing structure. So yep. let's just remind our listeners um, that nothing is going to change for the nope. foreseeable future, at yep. least throughout the year of 2024. The pricing Correct. structure is going to remain as is if you are on the legacy plans from ACB or NFB or, or um, you know, you purchased one of the new plans, your pricing structure will stay throughout yep. the year of 2024 at least. And you can get a discount on your plan. If you are not on an ACB plan, you can get a 10% discount on that plan. Just call up our uh, customer care folks and they will be happy to get you set up with your ACB discount for your plan. Not so we've got one of the new plans. So, yes. Anything else, Ira? Interesting that um, you want to drop to our Sunday edition well, listeners. I will tell <laughs> you all that um, we have discontinued the legacy app. It is no longer in the iOS App Store. So no longer in the app store. And that's because we do want to sunset that app. However, we want to make sure that all of the features from that app, or at least most of them, are going to be in the new app. So if you haven't switched over yet, you may want to do that. You can have both apps on your phone at the same time. You can switch back and forth between them if you want. But get used to the new app because it has one cool feature, screen share. Yes, it's been a long time since you could actually share the screen on on your phone with an agent. Now, unfortunately with Apple, the agent can't control your screen, but you can definitely share. And there are tons of use cases for this. Um, Everett likes to use it with his ring doorbell. If he's got you know, somebody on ring or something going on, he can get an agent on the phone and he can share that screen of the ring doorbell and the agent can tell him what they're seeing on the other side, which is a great use. Um, I use it for uh, unlabeled buttons in apps. Mm -hmm. Hey, what is this thing? Or to describe things on Amazon. Okay, I've got this thing now. Is it what I think it is? I still am trying to find a way to beat the recapture system using Ira. It, uh, it is a yes. hit or miss. It is yes. a hit or miss. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the audio challenge, I still, I have to say, is I hate to admit this, but the audio challenge is still easier than yes. trying to use Ira with the... Often, but... often it is. And with the phone, it's especially hard if you get a capture yeah. with the phone. Um, desktop, not so much, not so hard. But with the phone, it is really difficult to do those captures. I wish there was a better way to do that. All right, let's check in with our audience. Sheila, do we have any hands for Janine? You do. And I did want to add to your Hawaii um, information. Yes. There was a breakout session at National that I happened to have hosted um, discussing the entire process of guide dogs going into Hawaii. Oh, how fun. So, I yeah, missed they could, that one and mm -hmm. definitely it, want to listen to that one. Yeah. So there is a, a breakout session that talked mm -hmm. all about that. So 
Um, anyway, yeah, Jane, go ahead. Hi there to all of you. Um, first of all, Sheila, thanks for the fabulous job that you do of monitoring all of us. Oh, thank you, dear. And I've had to come and go a lot today, so I'm not sure if you answered this question or, but I do want to say to all guide dog users, as you work with your dogs, please introduce them to your vet the day after you get home or whatever is your equivalent, and then visit your vet often so dogs are not worried or frightened or unnerved by the vet experience. Um, I learned that from my first German Shepherd of all time, and she had a horrible time with vets. Since then, my dogs are poster children for our vets. Oh, Only gosh, yes. So, yes. And the other, the other thing I wanted to say is when you're traveling, um, not only make sure you plan your immunization shots and stuff, but make sure you check if you have any layover stops that you aren't being put at risk by those or have you know what to do. Um, um, and Janine, the other thing I want to ask you is, I want to get your your uh, dog blog, whatever those wonderful <laughs> things are. But I don't do Facebook. Do you put them on email lists at all? I have not done that yet. That we may have to do that, Anthony. What do you think? I think <laughs> yes, but I'm not Anthony unless I do a sex change. I, I think or, putting them out to ACB conversation would be a lot of fun. Oh, oh, I well, wish you would. You know, I, I might just you. might just have to do that. And then, might. and then, I want to know a way where I can submit a dog thought or two along the way that could be used as a dog fortune cookie. But mm -hmm. that's another conversation. So, bless you. <laughs> if you carry on, I'll get out of your hair. Oh, sure. And actually, the point you made, Jane, about um, your layovers, we really mm. planned our trip. I, my sister went a different way. She only had one layover. We planned two. And okay. here's my airport relief area um, uh, report. Minneapolis, excellent but small yes. and hard yes. to find. Um, yes. <laughs> Seattle. They we used have, to live in Minneapolis. Yeah, they have an amazing relief area. And it's right next to the uh, Delta Sky Club which was fantastic because mm -hmm. we had a really long layover. So we were hanging out in the Sky Club and the dogs learned and in the, the bathroom. back and forth. Yep, yep. But the best relief area by far, except for the noise level, was Atlanta. They have oh, wow. this amazing relief area. It's a huge room. It looks like a former large restroom. And they have an audio loop that tells you where everything is, yeah. um, how to clean the area. It was amazing. And I'm not a fan of the Atlanta airport because of the mm. way they've dealt with Ira there. But I'll tell you what, this relief area was amazing. And uh, our dogs were both great. If your dog is hesitant about using the relief area, here's mm -hmm. a little trick. It may be a little gross, but if you can collect some urine and a little oh. bottle, seal it up nicely, pour it on where you want them to go. And well, many dogs, go. like my dog would go first, and then my husband's dog would go. We right. were we were sure he wasn't going to go until we got to Hawaii. And luckily, he was fine. He just went right with the program. Aww. And my guy will go anywhere. He doesn't care. So. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, good mm -hmm. dog. I, I have the dog that about four feet before the room plants himself and it, it, it drag, <laughs> beg, cry, scream. It's not a <laughs> That was my sister's last dog. She was a shepherd and she said, no, no. Aww. 
not going to happen. But, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Jane. You got it. Sh- Sheila, who's up next? All right. Lucy, who we got in Clubhouse? All right. Lindsay. Ooh. Hey there, everybody. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hi. Hey. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Jane. Hey, everybody. Um, it's so great to hear this all of what you guys have shared so far i came in a halfway through so i didn't get to hear everything but um janine i've loved your your bar story that was incredible i loved that um, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> believe me and, and i wasn't quite sure <laughs> and i wasn't quite sure did you say you went hang gliding is that what it was parasailing parasailing, parasailing. which is a little different than hang gliding hang gliding is a fixed wing um affair where you basically jump off a cliff you're running off a cliff parasailing <laughs> you typically use a hillside and it is literally a parachute so you're oh, running down the hillside and you're catching <laughs> winds in this case from the valley uh these warm winds that come up the side of the mountain we were about seven thousand feet up haleakala which is about ten thousand feet it, we were just below the area where the mountain was closed. We wanted to go to the uh, park that is up at the top, but it was closed because of the fires, and we really couldn't get any farther than we went. But um, but the winds come up oh. from the valley, and it's just phenomenal. Oh, that sounds like my kind of fun. I am yes. you're talking to somebody that, yes, has jumped out of a perfectly good plane. Yep, right. me too. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it as well. <laughs> yep. Yay. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Yep, yeah, significant birthday coming up, and I'm doing it again. <laughs> oh, yay! I hope you have a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it's kind of become actually a, a two times I've gone, the third time I go, I've kind of made it a ritual where actually I'll write down anything that's worrying me and then I'll print it out. And I actually asked the second time I went, um, I asked the pilot, I was like, I have a piece of paper here that I'm going to just crumple up and leave up here and leave all my worries behind on this paper. Is that okay? And he's like, absolutely. And so oh, I kind of turned great. into that. <laughs> That's, so, that's awesome. great. Oh, yeah, I was wired for sound I, I my kind of first my... time, and I'll do it again this next time. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's yeah, I, I've kind of turned into my mental, physical, emotional sorts of mental clearing, and that's kind of what uh yeah, that's that's become for me. But um it's and it's awesome. about time I do it again. <laughs> but anyway, awesome. um but yeah. I've been loving listening to you, and I'm trying to find you on Facebook. Are you the one it says works at Ira? Is that your yes, page? Yes, that's me. Yep, that's me. That's and you. I usually okay, make awesome. these public. I want to make sure it was around. Yeah. Yep. So. Okay. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to send you a friend request. Lindsay Baum is <laughs> who it will be. So, anyway. All right. So, it's so great talking to you. And I know Everett. I'm actually from Utah, too. So, it's oh, great awesome. To okay, great. Hello, Everett. Great. <laughs> Awesome. 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 Thank you you for being here. Thank (laughs) Thank you you so much. All right. Jenny. Yes. Hi. Um, I just have a brief comment. Um, I only got to hear parts of the show, but I just uh, basically just give some background for my question briefly. Um, When I was cited about 30 years ago, I was a total photography geek or very passionate about it. I um, back then I had in the day, I had a single lens reflex yashica, <laughs> and, and I took wow. some college classes. And I, black and white film, I printed it, and um, you know, developed it and printed it. It was, you know, a little bit for me because I'm not totally mechanical, but I loved it. And in the back of my mind, I thought, oh, now 
there must be right now I'm totally blind. Okay. <laughs> and as I heard from your talk, you're still pursuing you know, I just have the vague outlines, but you're still pursuing photography, even though right. you don't have any vision. Mm-hmm. And I was glad to hear about that. There's a lot of details. I have some technology catching up to do, but it's just great to hear um, that you are still pursuing it. How long have you been pursuing your photography oh my as a visually impaired person? I would say since the iPhone gave me the capability to do that, and I do mine through the iPhone camera. Um, there are other people who do it through actual cameras. I believe Sony. Yeah, yeah. Is it Sony? I think that's got the new uh, camera that does talk um, for Sony. some of its yeah. functions. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember the actual camera model. It's one of their upper level models, but it does talk for some of its functions. But you would be amazed how many camera functions you can really adjust. Like I had fun playing with filters um, on mm-hmm. the iPhone. All of that is accessible through voiceover. Uh, including some of the um, automated settings that you can take off automation so you can play with them like at night. I wanted to get a picture of the super blue moon. Uh, That did not happen, actually, (laughs) because, of course, that night it was cloudy here, unfortunately. Uh, And by the time the clouds went away, it was way too late and I had given up. But, uh, you know, I was all ready to play with filters at night. But yeah, all of that stuff. Go into the camera app in iOS. Take a look at some of those settings and filters and things, and uh, you will be amazed. It's really fun. And also, if you tap on that information tab on a photo in your camera roll, it's going to give you all kinds of information about the lens that you use, the exposure time, all of that fun photographic information, too. Well, thank you so much, and um, there's a lot of details to follow up on, but um, I'm, I'm, and I know you'll be giving your contact information at the end, I guess, and I just have one final question, and I will, um, with all your photography um, background, um, I wonder, I'm going to tell you my, one of my favorite shots that I took, because Mm -hmm. in photography, I found that sometimes they were just snapshots, and sometimes they were what they call photos, you know, that told a story. And yeah. it's hard. It's it's actually yeah. the technology for photography. I found kind of easy back then, but mm-hmm. it's getting that shot just right, which is yes. hard. You know, yes. so one of my favorite shots, I took a series at the, at the swap meet in Spring Valley, California. And for some reason that day, I was totally inspired. And all the people were um, just great. And it's funny because when you're taking um, pictures of people, you're kind of invisible. They don't even mm-hmm. notice, you, mm-hmm. you know? Like Especially I had these this, days, everyone's got a cell phone yeah, aimed at everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just mm-hmm. tell you one of my favorite shots very briefly, and maybe you can tell me one of your favorite shots. Mm-hmm. I've, not that many that I really admire, but this one was really, I just, um, I saw this little kid, and he was in a box of old comic books, right? And he was totally oh. gone, mesmerized, oh. with no, no awareness of me at all. Uh-huh. And so, and he, it was weird. It was like I had posed this photo because here we have a full frame of this, oh, I don't know, maybe nine-year-old mm-hmm. with actually a cowlick and freckles. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm crouched down and looking. He doesn't care. I'm shooting up. And the 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 the, uh, the comic he was reading was called Devil Kids. Oh, and it, no. so it was a full frame of him, you know, reading the comic. And I thought, well, this looks like just too, too posed, but it was just accidental. So if, do you mm-hmm. have any photo that was your favorite and I'll, and I'll get off and listen because I've oh. been talking a lot. 
the, the photos Thank you. outside Welcome. of yeah, Jenny, I'm sorry about that bumping my mic there. The photos outside of the airplane windows, those took a little bit, they were amazing, but they took a little bit of time to figure out how to position my phone because as you may or may not realize, I'm sure you realize it, Jenny, but the airplane, the fuselage is curved. And so you have to position your phone so that you're looking kind of downward. And it was a little hard to figure out how to position the phone because of course I'm not seeing the the view. So I turned on, turned screen curtain off, <gasps> turned off screen curtain and had my husband with his limited vision look and see, okay, where do I need to, to tilt it to be able to get this and this? And so once he showed me, okay, here's how you tilt it so that you'll get that edge of the wing for that kind of drama of this is an airline, an airplane flight and things like that, and not get the door or the uh, window, not get the edge of the window, not get a reflection, things like that. Those were those were a little hard, but once I learned how to position and get what I wanted, it got much easier. But I love the the shots out the window, especially takeoff and landing. I, you know, I'm going to throw my my favorite photo story in here too. Um, I also had sight until seven years ago now, um, and I restored a cottage um, pre Sandy. Unfortunately. Sandy oh. took care of that. Oh. Um, and my my entire um, south wall was glassed. It, it faced oh. the beach. I was a block off the beach. Oh. Um, and so through the two houses in front of me, <laughs> I could see, <laughs> you know, an expanse of water and beach. And it was beautiful. Um, and I took a picture of my niece playing in, in the front yard through the wind, you know, the entire glass wall. And the mm -hmm. reflection was just right that it, there was a ghost of me in the photograph holding oh. the iPhone up, taking the photograph of her playing in the yard. And she was oh. in a, a bright pink dress with a matching hat on a beautifully green lawn with, you know, the sky and just a touch of the water between the houses um, in the photo. And, and so there's a ghost of me with, with a, a beautiful, I was, you know, I, I couldn't, have positioned it, you know, I couldn't have posed it better. I have mm -hmm. a beautific smile on my face watching my niece play. And that is my favorite photograph ever. I have one of those coming into LA at night and all of the lights, and I love the uh, Be My AI description, the lights are twinkling like stars. <laughs> Like, oh, that's nice. And then I've got this reflection of me, you know, big wide eyes in the uh, in the airplane window holding up the phone. Like, oh, look what I've Aww. got. Yeah. So that one's kind of fun. All right, Sheila, who's up next? Thank you, Jenny, by the way, for that was that was a yeah. great conversation. You've got 10 minutes and Teresa. And while we are waiting for Teresa, Anthony, there is a wonderful okay, book. Oh, I'm sorry, Teresa. Hi. Oh, that's okay. I just needed to unmute. Um, I just wanted to, uh, when you were talking about going up that one uh, uh, summit there in Hawaii, how I missed it. How high did you say you were from sea level? We were about 7,000 feet, and Haleakala is around 10,000 feet at the summit. Um, and yeah. that was unfortunately all close. That was another one of our trips that we had planned for sunset. Now, there is a very nice um, state park where we were. Um, I think it's called Rice Park, Bryce Park, something like that. Uh -huh. And that's where we ended up seeing the sunset from. Um, it's like a little right. plateau at that level. But, uh, boy, your ears uh, pop when you go up that road. Woo! 
Oh, I bet you they do. I'm just curious. Did they ever tell you um, if they um, get any snow in the win- um, winter months? They do. They do, believe it or not. And I'll tell you what, it was cold up there. Um, we went up in really? the morning, of course, for our um, our jump. And it's August, you know, and back home it was 100 degrees. And there yeah. it was in the 50s. So it was cold and it stayed cold until noon. And then it might have gotten up in the 70s. But yes, they do get right. snow in the winter. Yep. You right. can on Maui do the skiing and uh, surfing in one day. You can do yeah. that if the weather's right. It happens more <laughs> on the big island, but you can definitely do it. Skiing as in snow. Yeah, and as in snow skiing <laughs> and then just drive right, down the mountain and you can go surfing. Yep. <laughs> right. I remember one year, it was, I don't remember if it was January or February, but they said 49 of 50 states yep. have some snow, you yep. know, in the state. And the 50th state was not Hawaii. Yep. It was um, yeah. it was Florida, I think. Oh, yeah. They routinely have snow um, up um, on the mountains. Isn't that, isn't yeah. that it's, ironic? You wouldn't think. <laughs> I know. Just imagine the shot you could get talking about photos from the top of Haleakala with snow. And then, you know, you're looking down at the beach. My nephew, while he was paragliding, he was at a point and he went a little higher than the rest of us. I think he went to like 8,500 feet. He could see both coasts of the island. And so he and his co-pilot, his instructor, they were so awestruck they didn't get any pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, go figure. Did they ever tell you how how deep the snow gets when it does snow? They didn't really say how deep it got. Um, I would imagine deep enough for skiing is what, about six inches, Anthony? Probably yeah. about that much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So at least that much, depending on uh, depending on the weather. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank, I don't thank you so much. I don't want to up time talking yeah. phenom- gives, weather phenomena. <laughs> gives, it gives a whole new meaning to shave ice, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, yeah. Sheila, how many more hands you do we have? probably need stuff. You probably yeah. need sunscreen, though. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. We don't have any more hands at this time, Anthony. All right. Let me, well, thank let you. me tell you, Anthony, though, before we go, about there is a book that's available through National Braille Press, and it's by Judy Dixon. Dixon excuse me, Judy. And it is all about taking photographs and uh, taking photographs when you're totally blind. And it has some great hints in there, um, explains some of the terminology of photography. It is a great book, and it, I believe, is still available through National Braille Press. You know, great minds, because I was just going to close out with, Judy Dixon just did, I'm not sure if it was a series or just a one-off about Mm -hmm. taking photos. Um, And you can find it on acbmedia.org, swipe two or three times to podcasts, and then swipe down. It is in there somewhere. Um, But it was a great conversation about taking photos. So you can look for that. Uh, Janine, do you want to share with us any contact information before I start to close Um, out? Sure. Um, I will warn you, I am super busy. I do not answer my phone. So (laughs) I get too many junk calls. So um, leave a voicemail for me if you happen to have my number. Uh, But my email is really easy. It's janinems at iCloud.com. And you spell Janine. If you read Braille, you'll never forget how to spell my name. It's J-E-N-I-N-E-M as in McEwen, which is my maiden name, S as in Stanley, at iCloud.com. 
And uh, I like Anthony's idea, so I may have to send you these, Anthony, to uh, put out on the ACB list. I absolutely will. You send them to me, and I will put them up there. The (laughs) horoscope for the skilled professionals is probably one of my funnest things to look for on Facebook. All right, folks. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, tonight is the deadline for the volunteer of the month. If you'd like to vote for someone, Lucy gave us that email address earlier. It is community.committee at uh-uh. ACB. Uh-uh. Oh, no, go ahead, no. Sheila. <laughs> no, let, let Lucy do it. <laughs> ACBcommunity.committee at gmail.com. <laughs> we got to keep him straight. <laughs> you do, you do. That's a hard task. Um, I want to remind folks that the Sunday Edition Book Club is Wednesday night at 9 p.m. is Swiftly Tilting Planet. And Behind the Music is on Friday, September 15th. Oh, pretty significant date for me, but that's, you know, besides the point, we're going to have a lot of fun telling the stories behind our karaoke and or original pieces And I will be back next Sunday with another great show. Everybody have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to Sunday Edition. Thank you, Cecily and Janine, for being fabulous guests. Thank you, Sheila, Lucy, and Bryn for being crew today. And again, see you guys next Sunday. Aloha. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream one. That's American Council of the Blind Media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays. And you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.